Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, y'all. It's Samson McCormick. Welcome to another episode of Not In Mixed Company. If you're like me and you grew up in the black church as a gay person, you already know how traumatizing that can be. <laughs> Thankfully, as we gain more knowledge about the origins of religion, as well as ways to redefine our relationships with God and spirit, we're able to find freedom and more love for ourselves as black queer people. Today's guest is Don Abram of Pride and the Pews, who's going to talk to us a little bit more about liberation, theology, and finding freedom as Black queer people in the Black church. Stay tuned. complicated and messy history uh, that the black church has uh, with the LGBTQ plus community. And I have thoughts about it. We're talking about black folk who are one of the most religious um, uh, sort of um, racial groups in the country. Um, but then we also know that culturally, uh, the black church has carried a lot of weight. Uh, and because its influence on public policy, its influence on language and rhetoric, uh, its influence on gender construction, uh, on a respectable sexual politics, uh, really impacts the way that we relate to one another and the expectations that we put on members of our own community. We should introduce you. Yeah. You are. My name is Don Abram, and I'm the founder of Pride in the Pews. Uh, actually, what we are doing is bridging the gap between the Black church and the LGBTQ plus community. And the way in which we do that is by centering the lived experiences and voices and stories of Black LGBTQ plus folk. What we know is that the Black church would not be what it is today without the contributions of Black queer and trans and gender nonconforming folk. And we want to elevate those experiences because we believe that there's something divine and incredible uh, that those experiences have to teach us. I began preaching at the age of 14, Samson, at the age of 14, uh, preaching in the city of Chicago and across the country. I mean, folks were flying me out for youth days and revivals at 14. At the same time, though, Samson, Samson where my ministry was beginning to grow and, and folks were really encouraging me, that's also when I began to explore my sexuality. There was this, this sort, of, uh, sort of interesting relationship that I, I had with this uh, young man who attended 
my church and we just gravitated toward one another. Even though we didn't have language for hom homophobia, we didn't have language for transphobia, we knew instinctively that what we were doing had to be done in the dark. And what, what made y'all think that it had to be done in the dark? Other than it was probably real, real good, because it's always good. <laughs> <laughs> and there is that element, right, that you're doing something that no one else knows. One, uh, the ways in which we saw folks in our congregation treat queer and even trans folk who were out. Right. That was a very clear indication to us to some degree. Also, what was preached from the pulpit. Right. Um, it wasn't every single Sunday. Right. Where you heard bashing of queer folk or trans folk. But you did hear it. Right. So it was a sort of cultural norm. And again, even though we couldn't put language to what we were doing, we knew that it likely wouldn't be received well. There wasn't a robust sexual theology in the black church. Right. Yeah. We were just told not to do it, whether it was queer sex or straight sex. We just didn't talk about sex, even though we knew everybody was having it. What is this fixation in the black church on sexuality and particularly homosexuality? When if you look through history, we're not new. I think a lot of it is born out of white supremacist theological interpretations okay. that suggest that you have to embody particular ways of being in order to be accepted in society. It's not really about scriptural interpretation at all. It's about leveraging a particular type of scriptural interpretation to affirm and condone your dehumanization of the other. And that's not just we hate black people. That's also, we hate queer folks, we hate trans folks, we hate women, right? All of that is connected. It all comes from the same source and the same place. Dehumanizing those who do not identify or embody, right, particular and rigid notions of whiteness, particularly white male cis patriarchy. Any theology that seeks to otherize those in our community or outside of it does not belong in our churches. Some folks, maybe that means never stepping foot in a black church again because the experience was so violent and so problematic. And if that's what you need to do to be whole, do you, boo. How did you, how did you come to terms with your sexuality and having a, a relationship with God? I began reconciling my faith and my sexuality in the church bathroom, right? And here it is, I found my queerness not outside of the black church, mm -hmm. but in the black church, right? And the reason why I was able to find it is because it was there before I came. Wait a minute, how, how did you come? Did, did, so, did y'all come? No, I'm just playing. Ah, I, 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 I was like, I knew, but then I just wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> to say that <laughs> you were able to, to meet God there in that bathroom yeah, and you experienced this moment, that's deep. When the sanctuary was no longer a sanctuary for me, uh -huh. I, along with this other young boy, right, we decided to create a sanctuary of our own. And we could only do that in the dark. We can only do that in the bathroom and in church vans. But what we knew instinctively was that this was a part of us that we had to explore, right? And the beautiful thing, scripture literally says, oh, taste and see, 
right, that the Lord is good. What we recognize, knowing that our queerness was a gift from God, when we tasted that part of God, that's where we experience divine freedom. Mm. That's where we experience agape love. That's where we didn't experience shame. That's where we weren't othered. And I would suggest that it is in those spaces where God showed God's self more powerfully, more indelibly than God did in the sanctuary. Wow. You don't hear that often. And, that, and I mean, that right there has to be the ultimate spiritual freedom. Yeah. That's how I got free. And I didn't have language for what I was doing, but there was always this yearning for freedom. What piece of advice or, or what word do you have to give uh, folks who are tuning in? Mm. What should they take with them on their spiritual experience or their path to freedom or understanding or relationship or, or whatever it is? Yeah. The thing that's coming to mind is God is as near to you as the breath you just took. No one, and I mean no one, has the authority, the right, or the privilege to restrict your access to the divine. You have the right to experience unadulterated joy. You have the right to live authentically and truthfully without apology or reservation. You are loved, not just by those who see you fully in this world, but you are loved by those who came before you, the ancestors who paved the way so that you can be who you are. You are loved. That love might show up in the pulpit. It might show up in a song. It might show up in a frank conversation that you're having with a friend, but God is as close to you as the breath you just took, your love. Amen. And if y'all don't find God in those three places that he just listed, you can always <laughs> a church bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, Lord, I did say that, didn't I? I'm going to look back and I'm like, oh my God, I was over here. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. We need to tell that type of truth, though. Yeah. Yeah. No, we certainly do. I mean, it, it's my truth. It's my yeah. truth. Yeah. And, and, you know, and in that way, we all get comfortable with whatever truth we may have because a lot of people aren't transparent because enough of us don't say, this is where my truth happened. This is what my truth looks like. This is where I experienced my salvation at. Yes. This is joy and freedom at. And Ooh. so there may be somewhere that a, per a person did experience that, you know, for yeah. the first time in their life. And they feel bad for finally experiencing joy or freedom or connection. But us saying, well, I found it this place too. Yep. Freeze. So I think it's important for us to be honest about stuff like that. That's I'm how a, I know. I'm going to leave that alone. And um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know you can go. I know you can go. And there are a whole lot of other folks who have found and who are finding, okay, themselves within those four walls. And we didn't bring it in. It was already there. I'm just glad somebody got walls. Um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
Oh, Jesus, Lord, I, help. Help us all. Thank you for sharing so open and, and for um, helping us find a little bit more freedom and yeah. helping out a little bit more connection and understanding and mm. feel, feeling good about who we are. And that's so important. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.